0: Three, two, one, here we go. Rainman's Man's Take podcast, observations on the world we live in, my take on current events and other topics of interest. Also interviews with some really cool people. So let's get the conversation going. Hey everybody, it's the Rain Man. just want to give a quick shout out to everybody watching. Thank you very much. I know you're going to find this next interview thought provoking. I enjoy spending time with people like my next guest and getting into more detail about the subject matter. And I know you appreciate that as well. So go ahead and hit the like button and subscribe. That way we can continue bringing you great content in the future. So thanks again for being part of Rain Man's Take and enjoy the interview. Hey everybody, it's a Rain Man. I want to welcome back my guest, Steve Bell. Steve, how are you doing?
1: Good. Good. Thank you for having me back.
0: Uh, no problem. This is, uh, this is our third interview with, uh, with Steve. And if you remember the first one I did, um, to, to refresh your memory, Steve uh, practices shamanism, and uh, the first interview that we had talked all about that, what what that entails, um, what type of training, and just, uh, just the whole idea around shamanism. It was fascinating. And the second time I had him on, well, I didn't have him on, but I was uh, commenting on a... Um, a session that he and I had down in his well. And if you go on to Steve's website, which is the sacredtruth.com, um, you'll be able to get all the information you need about Steve. And he actually has a really, really interesting um, description of the well and, and and the energy that that well sort of generates. And it's just really, really cool. Well, today I wanted to have Steve back on to, for a couple of reasons one about a month ago uh steve had gone on a uh, on a solo trip up into the mountains and, I, and you can talk about this in a second steve um with the idea of just kind of connecting with with those uh those sort of earth energies up in the mountains and i thought that was really interesting to learn that sort of it was ago, one of my friends janelle kim uh had a post on instagram about just sort of the energies of nature and it it was a picture of her actually touching a really big tree and she was talking about the you know just sort of the ability to try to harness the energy that's coming out of the earth so those two things combined uh and my interest in learning a little bit more about it is why i wanted to have you back on so steve thanks very much
1: yeah yeah it's a good intro
0: <laughs> All right, why don't, let's let. Why don't we start with uh, with your trip up into the mountains? Kind of, what was the? Why did you do it? Did it? Uh, was it everything you were hoping it would be? And just kind of talk a little bit about that.
1: <clears throat> yeah. Um, so, just as a little bit of an addition, the the lineage that I'm primarily initiated into is the Andean lineage. Um, and mountains in that lineage are incredibly important. Um, there's probably not a spiritual lineage where on some level they're not. Um, and so, uh, there are a couple nearby that I had been, uh, wanting to go visit for a while. Um, we're in Southern California. And so one was Mount Whitney. It's about a four hour drive. And then another hour and a half or so, um, there's a mountain peak called boundary peak, which is actually just in the, the Nevada border. Um, and so I had, a uh, a weekend free. And uh, yeah, I did a little solo, solo venture up um, and spent, you know, basically a day with each mountain. It was a pretty quick trip, but um, it was great. It was incredible. Um, there was certainly some challenge that that came along with it, but um, it, um, it ended up being, you know, I'm really certainly glad I took the trip and had some really powerful experiences that I, that I took from it.
0: Nice. Are those, are either one of those peaks, are they considered one of those, uh, the energy vortices that you hear about that are kind of all over the, all over the world?
1: Um, It's not going to be something necessarily like you think about in Sedona. It's not one of those circumstances, but um, they, they, in our tradition are, are understood among quite a few mountains to be sort of important spots. Um, so I don't necessarily think you're going to experience the vortices, like, like I said, for example, like you would in Sedona, but, um, there is something special about the mountains for sure.
0: Yeah. And, and so when you went up there, um, obviously you're by yourself, what, uh, and you obviously went up with some kind of a, of a, of a plan. What was that? Mm -hmm. And kind of what were some of the, I guess, were they rituals that you were doing up there or were you just trying to just interact with Mm -hmm. the mountains?
1: Yeah. Um, uh, essentially, the answer is yes. Um, <laughs> I went up to say hello. I went up to say, you know, my name's Steve, and um, I'd really like to get to know you. And um, you know, that's sort of the the kind of short, easy answer. Um, there are some rituals that that I did there, um, mostly in the sense of offerings. You know, to to pay respect to. You know in, in the shamanic cultures we understand that that the relationship with nature the relationship with spirit is a is a mutually beneficial relationship it's not you know you hear some people say you know if you want to start to get connected to your spirits just ask them to help you find a parking spot or something like that which is kind of a fun little sort of a game to play but um the, it's a much deeper understanding and so you know when i go to the mountains when i go to nature. I come with offerings. Um, and I say, you know, this is who I am and this is, you know, what I'm looking to unfold in myself. And and I went with prayers for other people, you know, people who are struggling with different ailments or challenges, or people who have recently experienced loss. Um, and and I made offerings and, and prayers for them as well. And so that that essentially was was sort of the the intent behind connecting and and how I came to the experience.
0: And and um Your tradition, the the shamanic tradition that you study from the Andes, uh, obviously the Andes are a massive mountain range, but from day one, that's been, that's been sort of their, sort of their portal to the, to the gods or to the energy world or.
1: Well, it's, it's one of, I mean, it, it it would be a mistake to say that it's just the mountains or a, a minimization of, of all of earth. I mean, the, the waters, the the earth itself, um, you know, trees are incredibly powerful. It's it's so the Andes, you know, part of what makes it so unique is the mountain range that's there, and it it brings a special energy to that place, and that's why some of the things that that can happen there do happen there, and so um, that's not necessarily an accident um, or a coincidence, uh, but it's it's certainly more than just that. Yeah, and. and-
0: Obviously, you 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 must have to do something to kind of prep your prep yourself to be in that that state to uh, uh, I guess accept or feel the energy around you. And, and I remember when we went into the well, that's kind of one of the things you start off with. You kind of say, "Hey, listen, sort of prep yourself outside before we go inside." Mm-hmm. And mm-hmm. is that is that all there is to it, or is there do you have to? Because I know that in the past you said that hey, shamanism is a, is a very experiential. Process, mm-hmm. it's, it's how you mm-hmm. it's how you interact and those sorts of things. I mean, it, and I use kind of myself as as an example. I'm I'm it, I would I would think it's harder for me for whatever reason to really have that feeling of connection, whereas other people seem to come more naturally.
1: Well, sort to Sort of answer your question: Is that all? It is it's sort of, but that's a again maybe an oversimplification that that so much of life in general, not just shamanism, but so much of life in general is, is really like, how are we using our awareness? You know, what are we paying attention to? Are we truly listening to our partner or to our colleagues? Are we experiencing not just what they're saying, but what their energy is, those kinds of things. And can we allow that to shape how we are? Can we relate in a much better way? And so, um, Essentially, this is a skill of sensing intelligence. And and that's, um, I don't know if it's a term coined by my teacher, um, Marty Spiegelman, and and her program is Shaman's Light. I should definitely give her a big shout out because, you know, so much of what I have learned has come through her. um, And and she's incredible. Um, And so, so sensing intelligence, like I said, it's a muscle that we can build. It's the awareness of energy that that you're right. Some people have a slightly more natural tendency to be good at that, just like somebody might have a natural tendency to be better at sports or maybe humor or writing or whatever music, whatever the different skills are. There's a, a spectrum of sort of skill, but but it is a developable skill. And you know, one of the examples I like to sometimes give to people to help them tune into what I'm actually talking about is you may have had this experience where you saw, let's say a strawberry and it was red and it looked plain big. And you just knew that actually is not going to be a very good strawberry. So you could just tell that's like, and what you're doing is you're sensing the intelligence or the energy of that strawberry. It looks like it's supposed to, it's the size it's supposed to be but you're, you can sense the energy of it isn't vibrant like a great strawberry is. And you, I'm gonna give it a try and it's like, yeah, it was actually not very flavorful. You just sort of knew it without actually having some awareness of how you knew it, but that's sensing intelligence. And so the greater that skill we develop, the greater our capacity to be in relationship with anything. And some of that includes the relationship with nature, which, which is really a, a great way to describe it. It's a, a relationship we're trying to cultivate.
0: Is it, is it something that you can actually physically feel or is it more just sort of a, uh, uh, an emotion that you kind of get when you're, when you're up there? I mean, when I'm, when I'm in front of a mountain, I, my, my gut tells me this is unbelievable. Mm-hmm. but I'm not so sure if I'm not so sure it goes much deeper than that, or if it does, I obviously don't recognize that.
1: No, I, I would say it absolutely goes much deeper than that. <clears throat> Your sense Thing, you're sensing intelligence standing in front of especially you know some of the really great map you go it's like oh my god you're, yeah. you're sensing the mountain you're sensing the energy of the mountain and then your brain which is sort of slower and sometimes less sophisticated goes oh this is something special and i don't know what it is and it's like oh you know absolutely know what it is you're trying to make sense of it in your brain but you had the experience of it that's a great example of what I mean when I say shamanism is such an experiential process. We we often try to stay away from our brains because that will sometimes clamp down the experience. It's like we define it or we say, I don't know, or I missed it. Or it's like we've taken this experience we're having, which is a really incredible experience, can be really shift our lives, our, our days, our moment. And we're, we're trying to make sense of it and put it in a box and then we've sort of stuck it on the shelf rather than being in the experience so i i think i think especially you know you're refreshing my memory of our well trip i think your your sensing intelligence is actually a lot stronger than you give yourself credit for and i I imagine it's it's the things you say in your brain that that minimize that sometimes and
0: so that's the is that's just the layers of uh Civilization or culture that are kind of just put on top of it, and 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 are you? Is your goal is to kind of help peel those away so that that the deeper sense can actually come to the forefront and not be blocked uh, out?
1: Yeah, I mean, ultimately, as a as a self, as a person, and as a you know shaman, and that's a that's a huge part of what we we go to nature to. Do ritual for is to because you're right especially those of us you know raised in Western culture you know this isn't a skill that's developed from birth that that you know we're very good at labeling and naming things and what's that what's that color and that's an important thing but we lose the experience of the thing itself a bit and so there's both the muscle of redeveloping that skill which is just practice it's just doing exercises it's just really being in the experience. You can do this in the grocery store. This is something my teacher used to say to us all the time, like the strawberry example, like go pick your fruit using your sensing intelligence. Sense, is this a good strawberry? Is this a good watermelon? Is this going to be a good apple? Like, and then use that as a little test. You get home and say, I thought it was going to be great. How did I do kind of thing? Um, but, But again, also out of nature, there's lots of ways to grow that skill. And then the other piece of it is to, Sort of unwrap, unfold, unfurl to release the the Western consciousness, which is definitions, measurements, labels, boxes, categories, uh, which really conflicts with being in the direct experience of that energy. Yeah, no,
0: and that's uh, I guess that's that's kind of how I would describe myself is I, I have a lot of trouble getting out of that by myself. You know, so obviously that would be a reason why somebody would come to you, right?
1: Well, I I don't necessarily do training in that aspect. I mean, I can I can give people some guidance and and oftentimes in my my counseling work or in my healing work, I will, like I did with you, give people some tips to get them into the sensing experience because that's that's where the outcomes are and that's where the the realness of these experiences are. is not just like a, my brain goes, we did this and nothing happened. You have the experience. Yeah. Um, I would recommend people to my teacher, really, if that's something they're interested in doing our, our entire first year was essentially, and, and we still do it, but essentially just exercises to grow your sensing intelligence. Like before we received any initiations before it's like, let's just get you to where you can start to kind of really do and experience this and hold it. And so, um, it's not my practice per se with people. Um, I do a little bit of guidance, but, um, but yeah, it's a a really valuable skill. Um, and there are definitely ways to learn it. Yeah.
0: And is that something that you, that could, I mean, anybody could do it, right? Oh, absolutely. Yeah. And I mean, what does that entail? Just, uh,
1: you know, it can be, it can be, you know, pretty simple things. Um, one of our, our, exercises. And I think this was pulled from, um, Maladoma Somme. Um, he's a dagra shaman who unfortunately just fairly recently passed, but, um, one of his initiation exercises was to go experience the nature of tree. And so you just find a tree, something that's interesting, maybe a little challenging, something about this tree that I don't don't know how I feel about it. You know, every once in a while, there's one of those trees where it's like, Ooh, that one's kind of weird or something. And then you sit in front of it. And you just experience the nature of the tree and not, I'm not experiencing myself as the tree. I'm not trying to experience necessarily our connection, although I have to be connected with it. What is the essence of that tree? What is the energy of that tree is another way to say stripped away from all the definitions. You know, if I drop the idea of leaf and bark and roots and tree as a definition itself, what is the essence of it? And so they can be really simple exercises like that, and they can have really profound impacts when we we really go at it and stay with it until we are able to have the successful experience of like, oh, that's essence of tree. I may not have actually seen that or recognized that since I was, you know, a kid and didn't have the words for it yet.
0: And is that something that that you do with your with your clients?
1: Um, I will do very very simple basic stuff to get people enough in their sensing intelligence that that the work we can do is really impactful, especially the healing work. You know, like you said, um, you know, when we did the well session and I was I was encouraging you to get into your sensing intelligence, like one of the things we did, if you remember as we walked down, the very start, you know, right outside the door here, I said, okay, how's the energy feel? You know, like you can feel the energy of a room, you know, there's a, a very different energy if you were to say walk into a mortuary versus walk into you know a stadium on a UFC fight night or something. It's like everybody can just picture that even. It's like, oh yeah, the the air, the energy, the the, the electricity is very different. And so I had you do it at the top. And then as we started to walk down, there were spots where it shifted and then I asked you to check in there and and again further down. And so there's little things like that that I'll I'll encourage people to do to to really tap into that. again, less the formal training on it, um, but enough to, to get people out of their brains and into their bodies so they can experience what we're doing. Yeah.
0: And, and, and that, that, that to me, I think is probably the most important thing of of that. And of this conversation is the idea of getting outside of your head, because that's the limiting, that's the limiting factor, you know, it's, uh, it's, it's amazing because my, um, We have a friend of ours who used to be a uh, uh, safari guide in South Africa, Mm -hmm. and African South Africa. Well, I'm sure all over Africa, the bush. They always talk about going in the bush, and they're constantly in the bush. And uh, and I never really could could figure that out until he kind of explained it very similar to you. He's like. You go in there and it just takes you completely outside of your world. You're a couple of rungs down on the food Mm -hmm. chain and you just experience something that you have zero control over.
1: Yeah. And you have to use your sensing intelligence. You have to be listening, feeling, looking. You have to be very aware of the energy around you. I imagine that's a a situation that would really force you into using your sensing intelligence. Cause if you don't, you might be dinner. <laughs> yeah,
0: it's, it, it's, I find it fascinating because, and again, this is, this is, I guess, where the inexperience or not paying attention comes in mm-hmm. is, you know, you, you go out, I, when I go out there, I start off being very nervous and then mm-hmm. I'm constantly, you know, and then I start to get there a little bit, a little bit more used to it, but mm-hmm. I, I don't, I don't know if I'd ever have would have called it. I really became kind of part of the whole, the whole environment, you know, mm-hmm. I'm, I'm still have that in my head that I need to be sort of mm-hmm. uh, separated from it
1: a little bit. And again, you know, a big part of that is our, our Western upbringing, you know, we're very pro individualistic, you know, make it yourself, you know, who's the best in the world at whatever thing, um, you know, celebrated for our individuality. It's, a, it's a, another piece we have to unfurl. If we're going to be working on this type of skill and we're going to be going down this type of path, it's another aspect of our conditioning that, that prevents it. And, you know, you look at indigenous cultures who are so collective, it's just a very different experience right out of the womb. And so, um, you know, there are some challenges to, to achieving these skills at a very high level, having been, been born in, in a sort of modern Western culture, which, you know, of course has tons and tons and tons of advantages. Um, but, but with respect to this, it's, that's a reality that we face.
0: And do you see that, do you see that changing anytime soon? Or is that something that, uh, needs to change that, that, because it seems like a lot more people are, are, uh, moving towards this sort of outlook on life after they've had their whole adulthood in the Western meat grinder. Right.
1: Um, the reality is I think you could make a really good argument that it's getting worse. You know, we, technology, phones, instant gratification, you know, we watched the the new Batman movie the other day, this, this intense stimulation that's available to us. Um, you know, those things I think make it a little harder to connect with nature there's a there's also another really great exercise um i think this one came from um martin prechtel he's got a book called the secrets of the talking jaguar and it's in one of the things he talks about is his initiation and in the indigenous one the way it works is your elder your shaman teacher takes you somewhere in nature and they draw a three-foot circle in the dirt and they say you have to sit in this circle for 24 hours you can leave to go to the bathroom and then you come right back. And I, if I remember correctly in his, he was not even supposed to let his attention go outside the three-foot circle. Like you're not even supposed to like, <clears throat> and and you know my teacher has, has very much toned that down because that, that would be impossible for us to do. And so our version is an hour. You sit in nature for one hour. And when I do it, I'll be very honest. I have to put my phone down and then walk into the circle because it's just... Like how long has it been? I mean, there's like the temptation to to go to our devices to get the simulation stimulation is is so tempting. We're so wired to it that that I think we're actually getting worse at at this kind of ability. And I I think the other part of your question that you asked, which I think is really, really crucial, is yes, this is really important. It it the time we spend in nature and what's available to us from nature as a teacher is so incredibly important. And while there is a pull back to it, I think in general, if you looked at where sort of the median of our society is, I think we're getting further and further away from it.
0: And I mean, if you think about it, it's uh you know, you could say even even schools doing away with recess and having kids even just go outside for a couple of minutes at a time. Yeah. You know, that yeah. that's crazy.
1: Yeah. It's <clears throat> Kids are, are naturally really good at this. And then we slowly train them out of it. And um, it's a shame. And and time spent doing this is, is really valuable. And beyond just you know what science shows us, the, you had sent me the post of your friend where you talked about her hugging that incredibly big tree. And she was talking about the science of the, the sort of chemicals that we get in that experience. But it's, it's much bigger than just you know the 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 chemical response there's a there's an understanding of ourselves that can come a really deep understanding of ourselves when we spend some time in nature some some really serious focus time in nature, not the you know yeah, I went for a hike, but I was blasting my headphones the whole time, yeah. like you know really really focusing on it um the The aspect and understanding of ourselves is not this completely separate being. A separate individual in this world, that that's a life shaping transformation that can happen with this work. Um, you know, when we go and hug a tree, the tree never says, eh, I got, I have work and I got a, I, I can't right now, or you know, they're not having a bad day. So there's this completely loving, always available response that we can get from nature that is so important to our nervous systems and those parts of ourselves that can get a little out of whack or doesn't always feel safe. Or so there's like layer after layer of importance um, on why it's good to get back to this. Um, it's it's really, I mean, it it could change our civilization. Um, if we were able to make this kind of a practice a little bit more of our our daily life or our at least our weekly life,
0: it, 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 yeah, I mean, just hearing you talk about that, the, the thing that came to my mind was, um, it, you know, it's uh, it makes you when you go in there, it's there's something more, it's permanent, it's so much bigger than you. There's that mm-hmm. sense that I'm, you know, sort of this mm-hmm. that little. Dust in the wind type of uh, type of feeling as well, and that, and you know, everybody has talked about that forever. The Stoics talk about that. That you know, there, there's a bigger universe out there, and obviously, all of the indigenous um, peoples. That was kind of what they all grew up with. Um, yeah, I I, I I totally agree. That seems to be uh, something that um, I would hope that we <laughs> try
1: to figure out. Yeah, and indigenous cultures knew and still do that to have a really truly healthy psyche form we need to be in relationship with that mystery and and whatever you want to call it however you want to approach it it's not doesn't have to be just nature and just called source or mystery whatever you know there's lots of different approaches to this but but a relationship with the mystery is a really important thing for us and when we really step out And we do it in a way where we're present and vulnerable and using our awareness to actually experience. We're not protecting ourselves with headphones or conversation the whole time, or if we're really, then we start to feel that relationship. And it's a really, really beneficial thing for us to experience.
0: And when does this come about? Is this always been since humans were on earth type of thing or when, how long ago? I mean, you're, so you're, The Andes shamanism uh, is kind of, is your Mm -hmm. focus. Mm -hmm. How long has that been going on forever?
1: At the beginning of time. I mean, the, the indigenous cultures all were very connected to the earth. They were very connected to the stars. They were all have a version of creator in connection to, to creation story, to the mystery you know, things like prayer, offerings, reciprocity with spirit. I mean, these are these are at the core and have been at the core of human civilization civilization forever. Um, you know, the, the sort of more "quote unquote" modern and Western we get, the further we get from that. Um, that doesn't mean it's not present. It's just we're not paying much attention to it. Yeah. But but yeah, I mean, as long as consciousness has existed, the relationship with conscious has consciousness has been present.
0: Yeah, and you know it's it's I I read a ton of stuff, just kind of all over the map type of subject matter, and you know you talk about the uh, the organized Catholic Church two thousand years ago. Pretty much from then on, all they've been doing is destroying that, destroying those cultures. And you know you think about the conquistadors in South America that go in and just burn everything, so that there's zero knowledge left. Uh, obviously, that's the con- the that, that, the the motivation. There is secular control over that population, but yeah, it, it's um, it's a shame that that has that almost been institutionally inbred into us in in the West in the modern world.
1: Mm-hmm. And you know, like many things, we we have control over that, right? I mean, we make a choice in what we do with our awareness each day. We make a choice in how we spend our weekends we make a choice in, in what we're spending our money on, you know, it, it there, there is some truth that, you know, we might be swimming upstream <laughs> in this battle a little bit. And, um, you know, we've got free will and and we can do something about that. And, and then ideally, and this, you know, why I was, I didn't think we'd get this deep as why I was stoked that you suggested this as a topic is, you know, and then in being that for ourselves and having that experience for ourselves and realizing like, oh, that's what they mean. Like, I've heard that story, but that's what it means. That's what it actually is. Then we can start sharing that with people or we can, people can see the way we're being differently and ask us like, well, tell me about that. And, and and you know, the ripple effect out. So um, it, it's both a tragedy and, you know, there's always opportunity.
0: Yeah. And, and I, I would imagine, I would, I would, I, that people's unhappiness right now they probably don't even know why they're unhappy, and it very well could be that they're just so disconnected that uh, you know how, how, do you, how do you how do you bring that about in somebody it's got to obviously uh, come from them it's got to be Um,
1: you know I, I had a client yesterday, uh, or maybe it was two days ago um, you know who had was in some pretty deep depression and, and was essentially numb and had reached out the next day and said, like, Oh, I feel really terrible today. I'm feeling really sad is what she actually said. I'm feeling really sad. Do you think that's from our session? And I, and I said, yes. And this is a really good thing because what we've done is we brought back movement in your system. We brought back feeling in your system. We brought back aliveness to your system. Um, so, so when you talk about somebody who doesn't even know why they're not happy, it is it's this complete disconnection of of our natural state of being our, our flowing life and the ups and downs of it and so some of the work is slowly bringing people back into that awareness allowing them to have some of these experiences to 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 support them and also to give them the tools they need to to be able to move through those experiences themselves so then they can open up even more and and so yeah, it, it, it's a path and it, it takes some time and it, it is good to have uh, a mentor or a coach or a therapist or something who mm-hmm. understands, I think, the greater picture of what's happening and, and the greater um, view of a healed state is what my teacher likes to call it, what the indigenous people like to call it. But, and then with that, you sort of slowly walk people to towards it. And, you know, some of those exercises is I'm going to tell somebody to go sit in front of a tree, <laughs> you know, and experience the, the essence of tree. Cause, cause, cause those are the ways to, to start to unfurl this part of yourself as well.
0: And, uh, how, 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 how does, how does that work? What's the, I mean, in, in, in the sense of the result, I mean, are, are you seeing that there's a huge, uh, jump in that person's Physiology, that
1: yeah. If, if you can, if you can, and and not, I say this not just in work I've done with clients, but in the experience I've had with myself. I mean, I, I battled very intense depression in my life, totally shut down, didn't want to be here anymore. Um, you know, really, really dark places. And when you can, through a mentor, through the a proper initiated person, they don't have to be initiated, but initiated in some sense of the term that they carry the wisdom to with thought and care and caution, walk you through this journey to bring you back to life. It's a completely different life. It's not, it's not just my life is a little better. There's a part of you that feels like, oh, I'm actually starting to live life for the first time now. I didn't even realize it. You know, another analogy I like to use is I remember the first time I got of like real professional massage. It was your recommendation. And um, I remember like, oh my God, this is how I'm supposed to feel. I had become so accustomed to feeling in my body one way that I didn't even know something else was possible. And then, you know, you get a good body worker and it's like, oh wait, this is what it's supposed to be like. Like I had no idea. Yeah. You, you leave a different person than you came in. And ultimately that's my goal for clients. And, and I have that as sort of a mini goal in each session, but a macro goal in our work together that, you know, I want you to eventually not need me. And I want you to leave with some recognition of like, oh my God, this is what it was supposed to be. I had no idea. Um so so yeah, I I to sort of get back to your question more directly, it's it's life changing when, when, when somebody has the courage and capacity to do this work, it's life-changing.
0: Yeah. And it seems like, uh, you know, you, you, you give them the tools and then they can go out and kind of whenever they need it type of thing. That's, uh, yeah. You know, yeah. Ultimately for, that's it. Yeah, sorry. I didn't mean to interrupt.
1: Yeah. no, so, I just was agreeing with you. I think that, um, you know, I think I've heard somewhere that, a you know, the goal of a good therapist is to get your client to where they don't need you anymore. Um, you know, it, you, they're needed a lot in the beginning because yeah. it's hard to see ourselves and we need support in moving through these things. But eventually my goal is, you know, maybe you reach out every couple of months cause you need a good clearing or you want another well session, but, but you now have the tools within yourself to self-regulate, to know what you need to take care of yourself, to be, in relationship. Um, so yeah, that's, it's, it's totally, it's totally where I hope to get people. Nice.
0: And, uh, probably good time to mention it again. Um, Steve's website is www.thesacredtruth.com. Um, it, you can, you can hire Steve for these, uh, for these healing sessions. Um, all the information's on that website. It's just a really, really cool website. Highly recommend the, the short video about the well, because that place still is one of my favorite places. Um, <laughs> you know, it's, it's funny, uh, um, you were just talking about that, that you know the goal of a good therapist is to make you not need them anymore. That, that happened about three or four months ago. I've, I had been talking to somebody for about a year and a half, and it was awesome. And at the end, she's like, you know what? I think we're good. And it's almost like, well, well, wait a second, this is, you know, and she kind of kicked, you know, she kicked me out of the nest, but I use a lot of those things still that she, that she said. So, yeah, it's, uh, um, it's uh, from the, from the uh, other side of that, of that coin, it's, it's a, it's, it is the right thing to do, but it's, it's definitely, uh, it's not what you expect.
1: Yeah. And I, I I give her a world of credit. It would be easy to, say there's always more keep coming back let's keep working on this and the other side of it is if at some point i don't kick you out of the nest you don't actually realize you now have strong wings right and and the freedom that comes from that and the ability to self-regulate when you find yourself in one of those challenging situations it's like i don't i don't i can do this on my own i've actually you know done the work and and i have the tools and um, so it sounds like you, you had an awesome person you were working with.
0: Yeah. No, it, it, and you know, now hearing you say that it makes, it makes it even more, uh, more impressive how she handled that. Um, all right. So getting back to somebody who, yeah. who is in the, in the gerbil wheel, the hamster wheel and feels like there's something up, but maybe doesn't, is not ready to go, to go see somebody like yourself, um, What's what's what are a couple of things that he can do? Sit in front of a window and just look outside. Go stand outside for a while. Go take a walk on the beach. I mean, is that are those the sorts of things that that just somebody who's out there that doesn't necessarily recognize that he really needs a little bit more than that? Is that a start? But what, and when they do that, it's got to be a lot. <clears throat> yeah, more whether than just walking whether on the
1: well, whether you, you think you need more or not, there, there are lots of opportunities all the time to, you know, flex the muscles of sensing intelligence. I'll take it back to that. And, you know, the grocery store is an example of, of flexing the muscles of sensing intelligence. The You know, if you go walk on the beach, are you feeling the energy of the ocean? When the you know, do you take a second and let the water flow across your feet and feel actually what that feels like? Um you know, it's great to have fun too. Go throw a frisbee. I'm not, I'm not saying that we have to live our entire life in, in this type of, of situation. Um being in some direct connection with nature is gonna be significantly better than just looking out a window. But put a plant in your office. Feel the energy of a flower. Just take a second. And like, I'm not gonna look at it, I'm not gonna describe it, I'm not gonna say, I you know be looking at it, but my intent is not to say, well, that's red and it's brown and that's an interesting experience and that can be, but like, can I feel the energy of it? Can I feel how this flower is actually a little bit different than this flower? You know, they kind of look the same. I can sense there's something a little different about them. Can I start to sort of grow that experience in myself? And just flexing that muscle will bring some changes. You'll start to experience the world differently. You'll start to feel a little bit more connected to the world, a little less isolated. You'll start to feel a little bit more stable. You know, we talk about being grounded, Um, a really good exercise is we can do it together if you want it, like you can take a breath and be thoughtful about it. And that will start to change your nervous system. It'll change the way you are in the world, but you can take an extra second and you can actually feel the earth. You put your feet on the ground and you can feel the earth. And then with a breath, what you can do is breathe in the energy of the earth. Don't just be thoughtless about what you're breathing be thoughtful about what you're breathing. So I, I'm going to, and then feel what that does for you. It's like all of a sudden your whole energy is different. Yeah. And in doing that, you have this sense of being more grounded, being a little bit more connected to the earth. And when we're more grounded and we're more stable, we're a little less easily knocked off our path. You know, that interaction we have on the drive to the beach or with our significant other, when they've had a bad day, it, it, it's less, it's less, um, we're, we're more able to hold ourselves and our alignment and our presence in those moments. So just little simple moments of, of experiencing nature, just a couple seconds of really direct intent focus on experiencing some natural thing. Nature is the best because um, there's, there's an extra energy in it. And there's always that energy of just loving consciousness that are in these things. But um, you know, feel the energy of a stone. Pick up a a stone that just catches your eye in some reason and feel it. Don't feel it's hard and it's heavy. Feel the energy of the stone. So so little things like that, it doesn't have to take a lot. You don't have to be out in nature by yourself for three days. Um, And then this is sort of aside, but pay attention to what happens, not just in that moment, but in the rest of your day or in your weekend, um, and as a little bit of an antidote, the most powerful thing that happened to me on my trip to the mountains came in the dream time, my last night, um, and it's a little bit of a personal experience, so I'm not gonna share it, but the the you go and you connect, you might make an offering, you might just introduce yourself, you might start opening yourself up and just saying, I don't even know what I'm doing here, Ocean, but I kind of want to connect. <laughs> I heard this podcast. I'm going to start trying to flex this muscle a little bit and then pay attention to what happens in your life, not just in that particular moment, which is really important, but pay attention to your dreams. Pay attention to what comes of your life. Does life become easier? Do you see more things that we call synchronicities working out? It's it's an important aspect, again, of how do we use our awareness in that experience and then moving forward throughout the rest of our days. and and. Part of why that's so important is if we have, we have the direct experience, you know, I went, and I introduced myself, I said, I don't know what I'm doing, but here I am, help me out. And then I have this powerful dream. It's like, oh, where well, something's happening here. You know, or I come and I say, I'm having this really difficult situation with my significant other, and I don't actually know how to solve it. And we can t- tell this to the ocean. We can tell it to a great tree. We can tell it to the earth. We can tell it to the ancestors in the earth, whatever. And then all, all of a sudden this thing shifts and opens up. It's like, oh, something's happening here. It's that the important connection of, oh, and something's happening here that brings me back to the experience. That makes me say like, because in the beginning we talked about how you would go and you sort of say, oh, I kind of feel it, but I'm not sure if I know and did I really get it. And when we can, we can use our awareness to really start to see how it's shifting us. Yeah. Then we get that positive loop where we go back and we do it again. And then we go back and do it again and everything builds on itself. And we start to really believe that our connection with nature matters. That when we go someplace and we offer prayers, that, that it's actually being heard in some way. That we do have this skill. That it is recipro- there is reciprocity in it. You know, the, all of these things that I'm talking about really come from paying attention in, in the experience and afterwards. And is that
0: what you're referring to the synchronicity that it's all connected at some energy level? Is that what, is that what we're talking about here?
1: That's a way to talk about it. Yeah. It's, it's question and response is, is sometimes a way to think about recipe or synchronicity that, you know, I asked for help and then this thing appeared and we'll go like, Oh my God, isn't that crazy? It's like, no, it's not crazy. You asked the universe with this open heart and you were vulnerable and you said, this is what I want. And, but not just because I want a new car. I want this thing to help grow myself. I want this thing to help me be a better spouse, a better son, a better husband, a better coworker, a better boss. A, you know, I want this thing to help me be more in truth with myself so I can be a better model for human beings. Like if we've come with those levels of prayers and that level of vulnerability. When the answer comes, it's not just like, oh, isn't that crazy? Then this thing happened. Right. It, it's so we have different words for it um synchronicity is often often the most common one i hear but but yeah the it's 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 hearing the response from or hearing the answer to to the question that we posed or to the to the ask that we're making
0: one of the things that i find um as i'm as i'm listening to you and ask as i was kind of prepping for today um we, i've been to at least according to the list that i read several of the earth's sort of energy vortices and one of them was Mm -hmm. Sedona one of them was uh the Giza Plateau and um the diff the two differences were I kind of in Sedona we actually took kind of a guided walk up into the base of the of some of the Mm -hmm. mountains over there and uh and so that was that was nice because she's actually helping you to kind of Set everything aside, and then you know, sort of start to start to get into it. And on the opposite side of that was when we were at when we were at Giza. You know, you're standing at the base of this pyramid, and it's just so awesome and so humongous that you're just, my mind is spinning with just what I'm looking at. (laughs) So it was it was very difficult to feel anything other than this is insane. So I I guess for me, our some people are more in tuned to this sort of thing than others. I don't think it, to me, it, I, I definitely have to work. I have to focus and work at it. Whereas it seems like there's a lot of other people out there that it's very, they're very in tune with it just naturally.
1: I think again, the fact that you stood there and were kind of awestruck and said, this is insane is a recognition of your sensing intelligence. If it wasn't, if it was a building downtown that's three stories high that was built without much consciousness and there's some shady business in there, you wouldn't go like, oh, my God, look at this thing. Right. And it's not just the sheer size of it that's that's majestic. I'm sure that was part of it. But the whole space, the way it was used, the place it was built on, why it was built that way, all of these things help to to bring forth what you experience as this awestruck moment, this magical moment, this like, this is something special. This is not just a regular old building somewhere. And you had the experience. What gets tricky is that our brain goes, I don't know what to make of this. It's like, yeah, you do stay here. It's it's the, that's another part of the skill we unfurl. It's like the first time we connect with something at that level, there's a part of us that goes, oh shit kind of has a lockup moment or like, I don't And then we go to our brain because that's safer. Yeah. Right. And so when we meet these things repeatedly, especially if we start with stuff that's small, stuff that's really safe, and we have that experience, we open, then we can start to experience things that are bigger, that are more powerful, that there's more to them, which is something like, you know, you go to these great spiritual sacred sites, these temples, you don't have that part of you that, that has this like, oh, there's too much there. My circuits are going to fry. I need to kind of protect myself a little bit. Um, so again, it's, it's just a matter of, of practice. And, and I would say you actually very much had the experience of that space. Um, your body might've said, this is a little too much for me to take in right now. And you might've done a little bit of protection and you might've gone to your brain a little bit to, to sort of tone down how much there actually was there, but you very, very much felt it. Yeah.
0: Well, I mean, so that when I, when I hear you explain it that way, I need to figure out the next time I'm going to one of these places, uh, maybe it's prep, prep myself before I get there. Okay. When you get there, try to forget about it. You know, I, I, because it, it's almost like it comes up and catches you su- by surprise, you know, whereas at least prep for it so that, you know what I'm saying?
1: Well, yes. And the thing I would say is this is like, you know, are you going to be able to make that very last free throw at the end of the game, when the game is on the line, if you wait until that opportunity to do it or the putt on 18 or whatever the, right. Like that's, that's a very intense sensing experience, experience, right. That's, that's a big, big version of it. Right. But can we do the grocery store exercise? Can we feel the plants in our house? Can we, feel the ocean and, and speak to it and feel the response of it. Can we have all of these little moments that are, you know, the free throw after free throw after free throw after free throw? So when we get there, yeah, we might want to f- remember to ground ourselves. We might have some awareness of, oh, if I start to go in my head, that's maybe some part of me that's backing off from it. And I can remind myself to go back to my body and feel it. There's there's things you can certainly do in the experience, but but more than that is, you know, did we hone this muscle before we go to the big time or do we try to go to the big time and think we're going to somehow be able to do something that we haven't practiced?
0: Yeah. And that's a, that's a great way to put it. Give me a sports analogy. I appreciate it. <laughs> no, but that's, but that makes sense because, uh, um, you know, you looking back on it now, dude, I, did I feel like I missed something? Did I miss a deeper experience there because of that? I, I, I don't know.
1: I, I don't, I don't think so. I mean, I, I, I think again, you, you got that experience it's imprinted in your memory. You can probably put yourself right where you had that, like, Oh, this is amazing again and feel it a little bit in your body. Right. You can recall that. Um, so I don't, I don't think it's lost forever. I, I don't think you, you miss some great opportunity. I, I think you've, you felt it and your brain is downplaying a little bit, but I, I don't think that's the case at all.
0: Oh, i'm glad to hear that um so so how are things going with with your um with your with your personal training the shaman training obviously the last time we talked you said it's sort of a this is a ongoing thing it's a lifestyle you're never really done but are you are you doing things now differently or are you kind of progressing up to different levels of
1: Shamanism. Yeah, Um I wouldn't necessarily look at it at different levels. Um, it, it's not like it, that's a, a sort of measuring thing, right? Where it's like I'm in first grade and then I'm in second grade and I hit this new level and now I can do this new thing. Um, there is always more. You know, I, I alluded to that I think earlier that that. You know, and, and I am in continued mentorship at this point with my teacher and with other students and in our experiences, even if it's the same practice that we've done 150 times, we'll get together and we'll do 150 first time. And somebody will say like, oh my God, I had this experience. This had never happened to me. I was never able to release my awareness deeply enough, or I was never able to focus enough. Or I get this whole other thing of what this exercise is actually doing for me. I always thought it was doing this and it is, but here's this whole other level of this thing I experienced. Um, ultimately, th- there's sort of no limit to consciousness. There's no limit to how conscious we can become. There's no limit to you know, how great of a healer we can be or how great of a human we can be. And it's really... The practice is, you, you know, like sitting down on the meditation mat every day kind of thing. It's, there's no end point. There is no limit. And um, so, yeah, I, I continue training. We have uh, monthly training still. It's mentoring um, is what I'm receiving at this point with other students. And and we continue to have really incredible discoveries and breakthroughs and 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 further unfoldments because, you know, the, the things that I spoke about that are challenging for us growing up in a Western culture. I mean, I'm I'm... I'm still fall prey to those occasionally. And so um, it's just a continual unfurlment, a continual blossoming really of, of ourselves as human beings. Um, and, and yeah, we, we keep going for sure.
0: And, and so is there, is there a balance? Can somebody still live in the Western world in the sense of they, you know, I want that nice car. I want that. I want to make X amount of dollars and still be, can you do both? Can the mind do both at the same time?
1: Absolutely. It, it when when you have really uh, embodied this kind of work, and it's really any spiritual practice, it becomes your way of being. It's just who you are in the world. You're not a shaman sometimes, and then other times I'm a businessman. Or you're not a shaman sometimes, and other times I'm a you know husband. Or it's like this. This is shaping who I am in the world. It's you know, <clears throat> if you've done a yoga class, you know, you might have heard your teacher say like. And now the real practice is take this with you. When you leave, you don't do yoga and then go yell at somebody on the street, (laughs) ideally. Right. So, so it's not a matter of, um, that this somehow limits what you can experience in the world or the way you can be in the world. It's not about limiting your desires. It's not about not having a really fulfilling life. It's not about being able to be taken care of. Um, financially so we can go on a great vacation it's, it's, it's not about any of those it's it's a in fact it is about those, the opposite of those it's it's if I've embodied this practice and if I'm carrying it with me then I'm in better relationship with you I'm in better relationship with my wife I'm in better relationship with my parents and my siblings and I am better at what I do and in my particular case I use it in my daily life as a career but I think I shared this in our first podcast. There are people who are neurosurgeons and who are in education and, um, you know, lots of people doing lots of jobs. This is really about being a really good conscious human being and bringing more love and acceptance and, and, you know, light to the world, which sounds a little fluffy, but it's true. And so balance is absolutely what we're after, where we're so balanced, this just becomes who we are. We're not actually having to think about, am I bringing those principles to my life it just is who I am now it's my way of being.
0: Well, I'll tell you what man that uh, if, uh, if anybody's interested, it's the sacredtruth.com and uh, I thought that was uh, a very cool kind of refresh on on everything that you've been up to man.
1: Yeah. Thank you. It, uh, <clears throat> it wasn't uh, totally where I thought we'd go today, but it was, it was great. I'm glad, I'm glad we had this conversation and I, yeah. uh, I really do curi-
0: hope just out of curiosity. Where did you think it was going to go?
1: Um, I guess I thought we might end up more in the details, more in the specifics or practices or talking more about, you know, indigenous cultures and what's different about what they did, versus what we did. And, you know, those are interesting things too. And we could have talked about those and we, we, we could meet again and talk about them. But what I think is really great about where it went is, you know, my teacher often says it's about keeping the technologies that these indigenous cultures understood and mastered and bringing them to our modern world. And so the conversation we had today was about, you and I and how we live and what we do on our daily basis and what people who are listening to this, what they can do on a daily basis. And so I'm actually glad it stayed really relevant and really modern and current and trying to bring the wisdom of that to our lives. So I, I think it was great.
0: Well, good. And that's actually, um, and and other than other than kind of a, a general outline, I kind of see where it's going and kind of work on it. And obviously it's of interest to me because I need to work on these sorts of things, you know, and, you know, kind of getting back to the books I read and, you know, what, what I kind of focus all my, my sort of attention on, and, you know, and you think I'm crazy, the whole ancient alien thing, but it's what, what I love about it is you hear these ancient civilizations and how connected they were to the stars, to the sky, to the seasons. I mean, it's just, it's fascinating to, to know that in, in a lot of ways, 7,000 years ago, they were more connected and more than we are.
1: Yeah. Science is catching up to them yeah. 7,000 years later. You know, it's, it's starting to catch up and not, not even fully there. I don't, I don't think it's crazy at all. I, I think it's one of the things about those things, you know, do you go to a place like Soxaiwama and it's, it's so inspiring. You know, think about the pyramids, like what consciousness is capable of creating. Yeah. And, and you can look at that as a North star of what is possible, what is possible on this planet as a human being in connection with the mystery. So I, I think it's awesome. You're under that. I think it's, it shows the the appetite and desire you have for more and and i think it's it's really really great to be inspired by these incredible stories and creations that these indigenous cultures were able yeah. to to create and many of which have stood at least somewhat the test of time as far as the the physicality of, of what was created it's yeah. it's really remarkable
0: and and you 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 come to realize just it's, it's it's a it's a sine wave, you know, there's been very, very advanced and then darkness and then very advanced. And it almost feels like we're coming out of dar- a dark period of the last 2000 years, whereas institutionally just all that stuff was crushed. And it seems now, I guess maybe because of the internet, because the information is actually out there, more people are at least dabbling in it. And
1: I don't know. Well, th- maybe maybe this can segue into another conversation but you know one of the things that's a possibility for this sort of sine wave as you describe it where you know technology and consciousness hits this incredible high and then there's this low is like what what did the people do with consciousness that powerful with technology that powerful and it's interesting because in a way when you look at things like ai and like technology is becoming really really powerful and and it's a really fascinating question of are we conscious enough to do good things with that? Yeah. And that could be the determining factor of whether or not we are coming out or we're peaking and heading down. Um, and again, that's, that's a whole other, it's a whole other subject, but I think it's, it's a fascinating thing to, to ponder.
0: Well, cause that, that we're right on the doorstep of that.
1: Yeah, totally. All right. Totally. That's for next time. Okay. So I'll good. do,
0: I'll do a well session and then we'll talk about that.
1: All right. Sounds good.
0: <laughs> All right. Hey, um, Steve Bell from the sacredtruth.com. Steve, thanks again for your time. I really appreciate yeah. it.
1: Thanks, Brian. Loved it.
0: All right, guys. it's the Rain Man. Thanks for watching. <laughs> thanks for watching Rain Man's Take, observations of the world we live in. If you like the content, don't forget to hit the subscribe button below. You can also follow Rain Man's Take on Instagram at Rain Man's Take. Also, check out our website at www.rainmanstakepodcast.com and send your comments to rainmanstake at gmail.com. Keep an eye out for future podcasts, which will be coming out every Thursday at 5 p.m. West Coast time.